Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to this week's episode of Temple of Who Podcast. I'm your co-host, Coach Maples, here as always with the bro, Kings. Kings, what's going on with you, my guy? Yes, sir, man. We doing good. Um, starting to shoot, you know, these this podcast, you know, sitting down from from the living room now, trying to move the setup, trying to make the, the volume sound better. Yeah, man, I, I don't have to use my Amplify set no more, but my man doing good <laughs> these past couple of weeks, man. It was good to link up last week, bro. Real talk. Yes, sir, man. It was great. Real talk. Yeah, man. Uh, before we get to the basketball, I'm sorry. I had to hit Kings with this when we first started. Will Spip is a wild boy, man. <laughs> uh, script. Off script, man. Off script. Oh, uh, man. Uh, shout out to the Fresh Prince, man. Like King said, just a lot of uh, frustration picked up. Months. My man just Months. had to uh, let it unravel on national television. <laughs> but uh, only so much jokes. Only so much jokes you can take, huh? Yeah, man. Uh, man, it was funny because Chris Rock, like my favorite comedian too, it was just a bad look, man. You know, I've been rocking with Will Smith heavy. I try to call him corny, but he held it down. Man. <laughs> West Philadelphia, born and raised, man. It gives a it gives a new uh, I guess that uh that J Cole lyric. I want a real love that Jada and that Will love, man. I guess it gives it a a, a whole yeah. new beat. Uh, he, he did it for the agenda tonight, bro. Man, that was crazy, man. All jokes aside, not a good look on all ends, man. We can't be having our brothers on stage, man. Going manny like that, man. We got to keep it keep it together on national TV. Um. Man, to this hoop thing, Kings, let's start out. Man, let's talk about these Miami Heat, bro. Um, Held on to number one seed for a minute. Finally lost it tonight. Those Celtics, who we're going to also talk about at some point. Um, Finally caught them. They're in a dead heat now. But, man, they they took a pretty big beat down from the the Nets over the weekend. Uh, Just really struggling to blow up with Jimmy and Udonis Haslam. I think Spo had to miss a game for personal reasons. It's just uh, they still sit at 47, 28, 28 is number one seed, but it seems like nobody is, you know, taking that team seriously. You know, they are two years removed from a finals run. Um, but, man, what, what, what do you take on the heat right now, man, 75 games in? My, it's, been my, it's been my issue with them all year. Um I always told you it's a problem if your best scorer is uh, Tyler Hero. That's just a problem. Like, just no, no other way to put it. No other way to put it around it. Um, your best player cannot shoot like at all. Um, it's been a weird thing with Jimmy. He used to be that uh, he was, you know, hot and cold from three, and uh, you know he was able to at least get to his midi and be able to work off that. But it's to the point where he 
he don't even want to take any type of jumpers. And when he do take jumpers, I mean, it's like it's like auto bricks. You know what I mean? So it's like he's, he's playing. He's playing the. He, he's he's morphed into more of a facilitator's result to try and make himself more off, off, offensively effective. But uh, you know, they they need him to score, bro. Like you know, they don't have enough offense to where you know, Jimmy can afford to, you know, have games where he's floating with, like, 12 to 15 points. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? And then Kyle Lowry's only giving you 10. You know what I'm saying? Like, they can't have that. They need Jimmy to be a consistent 25 points a night. They need Tyler Harrell to give them consistent 21, 24. And they need Bam Adebayo to give them consistent 18 to 21 minimum. Like, that's, that's what they need offensively to be able to win at the highest level. And they're just not getting that. And it, it, it's – like, it's only so much DHOs with Duncan <laughs> Robinson you can run. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know if, the, if having to play the five is starting to wear on Bam. But, you know, it, it seems like he's being less effective um, nowadays on both ends a little bit. Um, it's, it's, they, and then to top it off, now you have a locker room issue. Yeah. Uh, you have your Hall of Fame all-time coach. Is not getting along with probably with now the declining best player on your team, who's now probably is not probably who is getting overpaid at this point. So, I mean, in terms of his, uh, you know, his, uh, his production, obviously, you know, get your money as a player. You know, I'm not going to hate on nobody, <laughs> but, um, you know, in terms of production, he's being overpaid. So, it's a recipe for disaster for that team right now. And uh, they're peaking, they're peaking down at, at the wrong time when a lot of dangerous teams are peaking up. So I'm not very confident in them right now. Yeah, I think the – I got to give a shout-out to Lakaias on this one. Even when the Heat were at their at their peak, he was still saying – he was like, you know, his profile then was like they're a team that is magnificent defensively, has an exceptional coach, top two, top three, and just extremely shaky half-court offense that might do the bit. Like he's been saying that all year. I think that's kind of where this ugly head – and, you know, we always see it towards this time of the year, you know, playoffs in a few weeks, you see teams start to get into that mode and you're starting to see games become a little more heated and teams are exposing that. Um, all that being said, they are 47 and 28. Um, I did, you know, I do, you know, recall you being on wax saying if they catch the Miami Heat in the first, if they catch the Nets in the first round, you're picking Brooklyn in six quite comfortably. Uh, are, you, are you holding on to that? Yeah, I, I remember I said that with I said after if the Nets was fully healthy. Oh, but uh, that was percent, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but honestly, it might be I might just I might just take it regular. Honestly, like at this point, like it's like I said, I just don't I don't like how Miami's playing. Um, if they get into a half court battle with the Nets, it's gonna be disastrous. Um, and the Nets also are able to play up and down. Uh, it's just. It's just not a good matchup for them. Um, like it, at, at this point in time, uh, and that's because of Jimmy's decline. When they had Jimmy last year, you know, who was playing a lot better, um, I would have I would have went with Miami. You know, if they went with the with the Jimmy last year, who was more better on both ends. But with this Jimmy, they can't. They don't have enough. I, I just don't think they have enough to to push Brooklyn. Also, Brooklyn was uh, didn't have as much chemistry last year as they do this year, at least with Kyrie and KD. And they also have a, a better role players now too, as well. That in terms of you know having consistent scoring, and uh, now they have better size as well with Drummond. So I don't like the matchup, bro. That's just me. 
I hear you. So it, it looks like it'll either be um, as a number one or two seed, they would get Cleveland or the Nets at this point because Toronto has officially passed up the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers. Toronto's com- comfortably at six right now with the game up. I think Cleveland's just trending the wrong way at this point. So I think whoever gets that one or two seed, you're kind of praying for um, – you're kind of praying for – to get the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Actually, as of right now, Charlotte with that win tonight, LaMelo was special, by the way. Charlotte with that win tonight over Brooklyn actually knocked Brooklyn down to nine and won the season series. So something to think about. Brooklyn may have to win two just to get in because they're at nine now. They finished tied with Charlotte. They have to win two. So just keep an eye on that. Um, man, that's Brooklyn is just the injuries, man. It's the injuries and then Kyrie sitting out. Um, he was freed. He did not play well in his first home game. But I think all in all, um, I, I think the Nets are a pretty safe bet to come out of that play. And it's just weird because, you know, uh, the Charlotte Hornets, the more I looked into them, they have beaten and lost to like the same amount of elite and terrible teams. <laughs> Whatever team like they, that they can compete with anybody and they'll lose to anybody. That's that's the Charlotte Hornets for you. So in a one game off, that's the type of team you kind of want to stay away from. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that works. Thank that that is true, you know, and that's the type of team I was concerned because that's the type of team that they play up and down. Yeah, you know what I mean? they get up and run. They have lots of young athletes. If they get hot, you know, what I mean, they're like a they're like a March Madness type type of team. Yeah, you know exactly. That's exactly it. That's exactly. They just need it. if they get if they catch you on the right game, that's a bad. You're, you know, what I mean, that's a bad that's a bad outing for you. So, um, yeah, that's probably the most dangerous playing team I think Brooklyn would see. If, if they had to, uh, you know, to play their way back into the playoffs. Right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So chugging along, um, what's has become real heated at this point in the season is, as always, I think it's like happened every year around this time. People start shaping their NBA, all NBA teams. Um, it was weird because this year the voters were notified, which changed my all NBA teams. The voters were notified that Joker and Embiid will be eligible at center and forward, which technically is untrue if you look at how they how they are played. Course. The rules have been altered. Um, I want to ask you a double ended question. Uh, one, we're going to talk, we're both going to give our first team all NBA at this point. I, I'll go first with the rule changes. Obviously, the forwards, I think, are pretty clearly uh, the forward center, the front line is pretty clearly uh, Joker and Bean and Giannis. I think yeah. the guard is going to be the heavily contested one. And I ended up settling on officially on Luca and book. That's who I ended up settling with. I think Ja just missed too much time. Had nothing to do. We're going to talk about how the, how the Memphis plays without him down uh, later in the episode, but I just think he's just missed too much time. He was on another, he was sitting out another couple weeks now, missed a gang of time. I think he's at about almost 18 to 20 games missed, which is 75% of the season. It's not terrible, but it's enough of a chunk where, you know, Luke is a tank. 
he plays. So I'll probably lean with Luca at the first team, along with uh, Book. Book, I think the Suns ended up 11 and 4 without Chris Paul. I think that pretty much solidified him. And he, he was their engine through that. So that's my first team as of right now. So let's uh, go ahead and give me yours. Yeah, I mean, that's. That's basically my first team. <laughs> when they uh when they cha- when they changed up the format, it, it basically became um, Devin Book. I think he has to be on there. They have to put him on there. They're gonna win Devin. sixty games, bro. They're gonna win sixty games. Sixty-five. You know, what I mean, they're gonna win sixty-five games. So he has to be put on there. Uh, Luca has the monster stats again. The Mavs are trending up. He's been cooking all year, and they're looking very dangerous. And uh, like you said, Josh just missed too many games. The forwards is just a no-brainer. Those are the three leading MVP getters, so nobody can take their spots. So, um, yeah, you know, that's pretty much should be – at this point with the, the rule change, it shouldn't be difficult at this point to figure out. I mean, you want – if you want – you can't put Jaw there because, like you say, he just missed too many games at this point. Right. So, and then such a close guard race, you can't do that and expect to be first team. Right. So, let's get tricky now. So, we're pretty sold on the on the first team. Let's go second team now. So obviously your your forwards are and center is out of it because obviously we thought that Joker or me was going to have to drop down one. Who is your second team All NBA right now? I know I, threw, I know how to give you a chance to think. I kind of threw this at you, but just give it to me kind of off the cuff right now. I, I've been thinking about it already. Uh, I got Steph, Ja, uh, Tatum. Um, the center is kind of tricky. Yeah, that's what that's what I was going for. Kind of tricky. Two names. I I think I think they'll I think I think it'll be cat. I think they'll put cat finally. I think they'll put cat. Okay. The and then uh, from my last forward, it's tough because I, honestly, I think just because off games played, man, it's it's tough, man. This 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 one is a tough one. Um, is that DeRozan and LeBron? It is. It, I don't know if DeRozan counts as a forward. Does oh, he count? That's right. That's right. That's you know right. What I mean? like, that's that's, that's yeah, the thing. Yeah. Is he a guard or a forward? So it's like I put him at four. I put him at four because the original starting lineup was Lonzo, uh, Levine, and then him at the three. That's why I, I thought he was a four. But so, you might be so, right. if, if that's if he's a four, I'll go Demar. If Demar's a guard, I'll go LeBron. Okay. I think LeBron just honestly, I just think LeBron ends up second team anyway. Right. I, I was leaning that way too. Uh, I think it's hard to get a third leading score. I mean, thirty points a game at over fifty percent. I just think it's hard to keep him off. Uh, like Bill did it last year, but he wasn't as efficient. And so he, he was still, 13. And, and, and he was still 13. And, and this is right, remember right, right. LeBron. You know what I mean? This is, yeah, this yeah is right, right, right. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. Usually they give it like if it's close, they give respect to the vets and this vote. If you if you look at historically, the vets usually get the nod over over young guys. So yeah, I, I would probably go. I'm actually would go. Ben Gobert's been kind of. Crazy the second half of the season. Yeah, that's pretty- who I was debating between. I was cat and yeah. go yeah. for the second team go. because of the Wolves turnaround. Yeah, yeah. And how and how great he's been offense. I think they'll give it. See, I, I might go to Google just be, go bear just because what he does to that team's floor defensively. Of course. Yeah, so I, I probably give it go bear. But somebody chose cat, I wouldn't argue it. That's how close this is to me. So I wouldn't argue with it. So probably close. go go bear. Um Tatum for sure. Tatum barely missed first team for me. Just that Giannis Joker and the B just been yeah, of course. out of this yeah. world. Um, Stephen Ja, obviously. And then, um, like I said, LeBron or DeRozan for that last spot. It doesn't really matter. I think I probably leave LeBron. Um, but all the thing is with DeRozan, if I go DeRozan, 
when they had all those injuries, he kept him in the first seed for a long time. He was like putting some hell of a games on the on the on up to keep them afloat, but the injuries just ultimately took too big of a toll. So yep. they couldn't uh they couldn't overcome all of that. Man, uh yeah, I think that's my second team though. You know, you can you know interchange the Rosen and LeBron. I wouldn't be surprised, but you know, they did that thing with LeBron, man. I think the only guy year nineteen who averaged the close, the highest average of year nineteen, he's at thirty. I think it was like Kobe with like seventeen, bro. Like that's that's the gap. <laughs> bro, that's why that's why you see, you see Nitty over here tweeting some nonsense. I'm like, bro, LeBron's supposed to be retired. Like, yeah. <laughs> how, how much people average in year nineteen? I think Kareem what was Kareem in year nineteen. Kareem was like thirteen points a game, bro. Oh, come on, man. Like, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And then Jordan was at because of retirements, his officially was at year 17 or 18. He didn't get to year 19 because of retirements. So yeah. it had been 19 years since he got drafted, but the year and a half off, it took a year there. So he never got to, to year 19. But, he only, but even then, he only played 16 total seasons. So, right, exactly. Even exactly. technically, he even had a year 17. Right, exactly. Perfect. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly it. Um, yeah. So while we're here we're talking about team records, let, let's discuss this Memphis thing, man. So, they absolutely boat race a Milwaukee team. They were missing Drew Holiday, so I'll give them that. They dominate Milwaukee off the rip um, without Ja there. They now go to 16-2 and two without Ja Morant this year, which is, a, which is a larger win pace. It's a higher win pace, listen to this, than the 2017 Warriors and the 72-win Bulls. That's the high. <laughs> That's how much. Last three games without John. Yeah. So I got, I got, a, I got, a, I got a. It's a two part question for you that I want you to just, you know, give me what your your thoughts are. One, what does this say about the Grizzlies, and what does this say about Jai? If anything at all, like it's kind of two parted. So, what do you think the Grizzlies' success without Jai being is kind of for both parties? You know what I mean? I mean, they boat raced the Nets without. Um... Without uh, John, then that's had Kyrie and KD playing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's what does it say is that, and I was kind of thinking about this with the Mavs. You know, when you think about teams that potentially what need a star, uh, like you, you talk about, oh, does a team need a second star? I, I, I it looks like maybe in this league, the auxiliary talent has gotten so good to the point where. You overpaying for a star that is not good as other stars who know because you know because in the thing with the league, and this is kind of why the, this is where honestly the cap kind of hurts the mega stars. The thing is the league is there'll be guys who aren't as good as other true mega stars, but they'll get paid as much. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you you when you when you when you reach a certain star tier, you get paid. Like you know, like a, a like a Luca, like you get paid like a KD, so and so. But you could you could easily just produce like a Donovan Mitchell. You know what I'm saying? So it's right, like, right. so it's like when I look at teams where you pay guy, you know, a, a certain amount of guys like that, and you end up having to gut your depth. Now I look at teams like the Mavericks, and I look at teams like the Grizzlies, where they don't pay overpay for a star like a pseudo star like that, or like a. No, a star, but that's not really a superstar like that. But they just have a bunch of guys who are just really good on both ends of the floor. You start to think that are we starting to see a shift in how 
the younger teams build their ah. rosters. That's what I'm starting to think about. Like, because you look at the the Suns, it's the same thing. Because Chris Paul gets the the lore of a star because of his Hall of Fame career and right. all that. Stuff. But if you look at his production, you know, it's just you know he's he, he's he's still a star production wise, but it's definitely not anywhere near the like superstar production or. I think I think he's a star in effect more than production. Yeah, in effect, right? Yeah. yeah, it's not it's not you're not seeing a top fifteen player, top twenty player. But you, you, you get that effect and you get that uh, type of basketball mind and that type of uh, glue and, like, playmaker for your team. But you see the, my, my talking point with the Suns, same thing. Like, just a bunch of really good players yeah. who, are re- who are all really good and all on contracts that make sense. And it's like, when I look at the Grizzlies, I'm like, that's how they're built. Like, they're built like a good team without, like, they don't, like, they don't need a star because their whole team makes sense. You have roster fits that fit the vision of the coach that are fit each other's skill sets. You know what I'm saying? That are young, that can play on both ends, right? Like they have, they have skill sets that fit for both ends. So it's like when you have that, you know what I mean? Like it, it's not a knock on job. Right, you know what I mean? Right. It's not a knock on CP3 that the Suns kept chugging along without him. It's not a knock on book that when he was gone, the Suns still went without him. That's, a, that's, that's praise to the front offices for saying that, look, our, we understand that you know it's it's risky to get stars. Also, we're not the best destination for these yep, set stars. Yep, yep. So we're gonna build proper top to bottom good teams. That's gonna be our best chances to go to the to go to the chip. We're gonna draft well, and we're gonna hit on our veterans of free agent signings and the and coach gonna, and the coach. And we're gonna hit on our coach <laughs> and make sure our roster fits our coaching the coaching style. That's going to be our best chance to win. That's what you're seeing with a team like the Grizzlies. And I think it just shocks people because people are so used to because, you know, and part of this is comes from the LeBron heliocentric. Then you have the Westbrook and OKC. Then you have the Harden Rockets. It's like people are so used to seeing guys backpack teams. So when they when they see that you don't need to backpack teams to have high impact for your team, it confuses them because they think themselves, well, the Grizzlies are so good that John Morant's really not that important for that team. But it's like, (laughs) if if the Grizzlies were in a playoff series and they were in a, in a a seven game series, I guarantee you they would need John Morant to help bust the defense's coverage and to have the defense have to, uh, you know, consistently have to adapt and adjust to his type of up-tempo playmaking and his type of uh, up-tempo scoring and ability to beat dudes off the basket. Like, just a dynamic player. It's like, how can you say a guy like that added to a team with this much depth and talent doesn't make them better? Like, it absolutely doesn't make them better. You want to say he's not as valuable as other guys? Okay, I can see that because other guys need to do more because their rosters are either worse, you know what I'm saying? Right. Or they're being asked to do more physically based off their physical attributes because they're bigger guys, you know what I mean? They can do certain things. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Add the stats up uh, more in certain ways that these other guards can't do. But at the end of the day, for me, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, I understand it. it's, it's hard when you look at MVP because it's like, yeah, you know, I love Ja, I love Book, but yeah, you know, MB, Joker, Giannis have been better players this year. Um, they've also been more valuable to their teams, respectively. Yeah. So I get why it's like 
well, we can't really put you above that. Uh, but at the same time, it's you can't. It's 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 disrespectful to then you know you don't. I feel like you don't have to disrespect what Ja has done and meant to his team and what Book has done and, and meant to his team when he was there to elevate those guys. You know, Giannis, Embiid, and Joker. Like you can make the case for them with by, with respecting the fact that the Grizzlies and Suns have really good, great or even just great role players and great pieces around their stars yeah. and their stars are still great when they play with those pieces and they're just they're good they're great without the stars and they're even better with the with the stars you know what i mean so it's like yeah and it, i think yeah. on top of that i think if you even ask like particularly i think with these two like if you ask lebron and luca they would prefer to play in a system like that like if you watch lebron in miami or or luca when uh, like you've mentioned before when he plays overseas like it's not like that so I think they prefer the 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 system based off. And I think it's like kind of what you said. It's just guys being in positions where they have to carry kind of made us, you know, see lesser in the guys that, you know, are, are part of the system and maybe don't have to do as much night to night. Um, like I saw uh, Roz on ESPN when she's breaking down why Booker is not, not close to being in, not even in her, uh, on her MVP candidate. And one of it was overall importance to the team. I'm like, he is the offensive engine on a 60-win team. Like, how can you say the overall importance of the team just by bringing up the fact of how good they play without him? So that's a credit to the organization and, and Monty Williams, you know, not not a knock on 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 uh, Book, you know what I mean? I think it's the same thing with John Morant. It's a credit to, you know, Taylor Jenkins, the the draft picks they make. Like, if you look at the, their late draft picks, they got a 100% hit rate. Every single draft pick they drafted, the those late first round draft picks, the the lottery, as far as you know, Ja and and uh, Triple J, uh, Tillman, Bain, you know what I mean. Even the uh, the Zaire Williams, like everybody they draft can play, and I think to have a hit rate that much on draft picks. Now I think what you said was going to end up biting them, kind of with uh, the same thing is going to be with with Atlanta. Kind of went through is when you keep drafting so many guys that can play. At some point, the second contract comes. Yeah, and that's when you see the side, see the what decisions are made. Because at that point, small market maybe can't take the same, um, you know, cap hits on year to year, the luxury tax hits from year to year, and that's when the tough part will come. So I think the best thing for members is probably to capitalize on you know right now while their roster is you know quote unquote cheap before because Jai is going to be eligible for a supermax. Uh, Triple J is going to be eligible for a max. A lot of guys are going to get near max contracts or close to it when the time comes. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. Like ultimately, I think you've said it before. In a way, some of these teams get punished for drafting so well because they got to get off players who they would otherwise keep if it wasn't for a very punitive, you know, luxury tax. So you know, we'll we'll, we'll see how that works. On the other end, you got the Warriors uh, who can't win a game without stepping the lineup you know, because everything is kind of dependent on him. So that's the other end of that. So I think we should appreciate, you know, those teams who are able to, you know, thrive without their guys there opposed to, you know, knocking the guys down. I just think it's all a matter of perspective there. All right, Kings. We have discussed this, but it looks like it might come into fruition. The Lakers really might miss the playoffs, bro. 
it might really it might really happen um today is when I think it really got in danger because the Lakers now lost the tiebreaker to the Pelicans and the Spurs if it comes down to that um they fall to 10 officially. They have to finish a game ahead of the Pelicans to get the ninth spot back and play the playing game at home. They are one game in front of the Spurs with eight games left. And here is the remaining schedule at Dallas, at Utah, Pelicans at home, Nuggets at home, at Phoenix, at Golden State, home against the Thunder, at the Nuggets. Um, I, I see two wins there. And I think it'll all be dependent on who, on, on what the Spurs do. But I think I see two wins, which will put them at 33 and 49 to finish the season. I think they beat the Pelicans on Friday and the Thunder on the 8th. And other than that, maybe the Warriors, because the Warriors are playing terrible um, without Steph, and they're probably going to send him and just concede to get in that, you know, third, fourth seed. So, before we go, uh, did, did you see the game tonight? I know you kind of don't pay attention to them cats like that no more. <laughs> I think, I mean, I, I wasn't I wasn't watching the game, but I, I heard what happened. So, the Lakers got the largest lead of the season, 23 points. Uh, I got to give Fogel some credit. He did a really good job. He it's was not the largest league because they had they gave up a worse league to the Thunder in the early start of the year. It was second half of the season. Second half. Oh, second, of the half, half, second, half second half. Second half. Second half. Second half. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. I Vogel was prepared. He knew the gravity of the game. Vogel came in with a with a playoff type game plan. Uh, really, just blitz Bi and, and CJ and, and pick and roll the whole time. Made other guys have to score and make decisions. And what happened was, you know, Jonas was screening. So they were outlet to him. He's not a great passer or decision maker. So the Lakers were pretty much killing the Pelicans' half court offense. Um, they made an adjustment and stopped having Jonas set the screen and put a ball handler there. And they started torching that trap in the middle of the floor. And Vogel would not drop it. And then LeBron was just on fire the first half. And then they just went full out deny in the second half, made everybody else win. Nobody aside from Monk could make a shot. And that was all she wrote. And then LeBron turned his ankle late. It just wasn't the same after he turned his ankle the last five minutes of the game. Sounds like he might even sit the Mavericks game. Uh, he, he said he he said he quote I don't even know how I finished that game. Said he would have sat himself. He said he would have pulled himself out if the game wasn't so important as far as the seating. So he might not even play the, the Mavericks game uh, on Tuesday. It just uh, it doesn't look good. But going back, I got them having winning two more games. Uh, I can't even say it's good because if the pick is top 10, it goes to the Pelicans. So the Pelicans get the play-in game and the Lakers pick possibly if they miss the play, if they uh, get the spot and the Lakers will give the pick to New Orleans as part of the AD deal. So where, where are you with this? LeBron coming out and saying he can't, he can't play. You know, he didn't know how he finished the game. Sounding like they're going to be cautious with his injury. Sounds like mission accomplished. You know, <laughs> sounds like mission accomplished for LeBron James. Get your scoring title, climb up the scoring rankings, 
find a way to have an early off season and celebrate. <laughs> it sounds like mission accomplished. Uh, Maple's over here with LeBron James. And, uh, you know you what's know. funny? You know what's funny? 13 minutes after the game, he was reposting Lobos, uh, Lobos Instagram stories on his IG. I was like, <laughs> okay. I was like, all right, I know what time it is. He's, I'm telling like, you. <laughs> he, I'm he was telling like, you. Yeah, so uh, this offseason about to be crazy. But, yeah, I just, um, man, on the Pelican side of it, I got to give him credit for not dropping, you know, not giving up down 20. And LeBron came out uh, 25 in the first half. He had murder on his mind. You could see it early. He was trying to really trying to get that to secure that knife Z, but man, I just it's frustrating to see. Like I think Willie Green can coach, but seeing Vogel kind of get coached out coached like that by a guy who's in his first year, it, it was kind of sad, bro. He shouldn't be able to eat your chap up like that, and you have no counter punch to his counter. Like once Willie countered that, it was all bad. But I think that's kind of been the story with Vogel. We discussed this. He's more of a planner than an adjuster. If you take him out, what he likes to do. He uh he pretty much is cooked, depending on what LeBron does. So, you know, we'll see what happens, man. So, are they? You, you think they're done? You think they're cooked? Yeah, man, they're cooked. I mean, like I like I tweeted after the after after the game today, man. Like I tweeted my gift for a reason because they're cooked. They're cooked, fellas. Um, LeBron does not care if they keep that pick or not. He's made this clear since All Star break. He does not care about that pick and what happens to it. Um. This is all the this is on the Lakers, man. I mean, this is on the Lakers, the organization. You know, you're like you can have cheap ownership when you don't have put the right people in the front office, when you um, don't have a roster that aligns with the visions of the coaching staff, and you don't feel the proper coaching staff. Number one, because it goes back to the to the number one issue is that you're just cheap. You don't want to pay for any quality any you know anywhere. So it's like it's it's. It's just tough, man. It's just tough because for them, the Lakers do the opposite of what teams like the Grizzlies, teams like the Suns do. They just want to pay for stars and that's it. And they have the stars carry all the bad players while these other teams are actually trying to build good teams and make sure top to bottom their teams are are good. Like the Lakers just want to just pay stars only and think the stars can just help carry the scrubs. But that doesn't work in today's era because we have teams that are drafting well. You have teams that are building good teams. And then you have teams like the Clippers who are willing to say, hey, we'll pay anybody who's good. And we'll retain all our players. The only reason why you don't see the Clippers right now dominating is because they're injured. But when when Kawhi uh, PG come back and they have all these players that they, you know, draft and they've picked up and they've retained, then you're going to see, you know, what, what that money is going to really look like when everybody on the floor. So it's like it, it's this isn't the era to not retain the people you draft. And the thing is, the, the Lakers, that's annoying, is that the scouting team... Elite. They Elite. do their job. <laughs> they scout the right guys. They get the right draft, draft picks in the building, get the right young talent in the building, just for the front office and ownership to mess it all up. So it's not like they don't have a crucial part to the equation. They probably have the most important part to the equation solved. They've had it solved for years. But the problem is, since everybody, everything else in, in the in the organization is so trash that even the most crucial part of building a team gets dwindled in impact because your owner is just cheap and they doesn't and he doesn't want to put the right people in the right position in terms of making decisions. So it's like they just need to overhaul. They need to overhaul 
the management. And until they do that, you're just not going to see – you're not going to go nowhere because LeBron's getting old. The The question is still out there for Mr. Anthony Davis. And listen, I was going to circle that. You like, know what that's, I mean? the, like, that's, the, that's the biggest issue right there. The question, you know, the, room. The, the question is still out on, you know, on Anthony Davis right now. So it's like you're going to have to do your jobs – in the front office, you're gonna have to, you know, build a real team, <laughs> and you don't have assets to do that because you wasted them all. So, good luck. Uh, that's all I've been saying for weeks. At this point. <laughs> there y'all have it, man. Kings, you know, he he gets that fire in his belly when we talk Lakers, man. Uh, he, he's so frustrated that they wasted a productive LeBron year in the twilight of his career, and I feel him. Uh, you just can't waste these type of uh, of years from a guy that productive this late in his career. Uh, make sure you guys follow and subscribe to the pod. Uh, that was my fault last week. We had technical difficulties midweek, but we will be back this week, uh, midweek, old green room. Yes, sir. So that was on me. I will hit the record button this time. Scouts honor. Uh, I will get that <laughs> done. Uh, make sure you follow at his keys. We're on Twitter. Myself, JJ Mables 55 underscore. MST, uh, subscribe and follow to the pod. Give us feedback. We'd love to tap in with you guys. And we will see you Wednesday on Green Room. And we'll drop the episode Thursday. Peace. Y'all be safe. We out of here.